0: Can you just take that off for me? I want to speak into something for a few minutes that Father started to speak to me before the meeting, and Greg pretty much has just been speaking about it because he's talking about the best is not yet to come, it's present, and so many times we're waiting for something that's already here. And if you're waiting for something that you've already got, then you can't actually celebrate ever receiving it because you don't recognize it. And he's highlighting to me the word manifest, manifesting. Now, you normally think about that in a negative way. When when someone manifests, if you've ever seen that, it's not a pretty sight. But let me tell you what is not happening. Something is not coming on them. What is in them is being seen. Manifestation is not something coming. It's something being revealed, being seen, that is present. Does it make sense? And Father just took me, just again before the meeting, He took me to, uh, he, He said this to me, Jesus was able to be in a storm and declare peace be still. He wasn't saying peace to the storm. He was announcing He was there. He's called the Prince of Peace. So it's two statements, peace and be still. He was in the middle of a storm and he was saying, Peace, I'm here. The Prince of Peace. He was identifying himself. Peace, now I'm here, you have to be still. Do you see the difference? He wasn't speaking to a storm and trying to release peace to go into a storm. He was announcing the peace is in the storm. I'm the peace. Because the peace is not from God. The peace is God. He is the Prince of Peace. And this manifestation, again, is not that you're waiting to receive peace from God. It's an announcement that the Prince of Peace lives in you. And we need a revelation that He is is already there. Jesus said, peace, be still. And Gregory was talking about no anxiety, and I just want to release peace and rest over you in a moment. But I want to declare the same peace that was in a storm that said you be still because peace is here. That same Jesus lives in you and me. And in 1 John chapter 4, in verse 4, John writes, you dear children are from God. Come on. You, dear children, are from God. You, dear children, you're from God. I thought Jesus was from God. You, dear children, you're from God. You are from God. You were birthed and created and conceived in the mind of God before a mother and a father, a man and a woman came together. We were created before we were conceived. Get the order right. Thank you. David said in Psalm 139, You created my innermost being, then you knit me together in my mother's womb. Oh, come on. You created me, then I was conceived. I started with God, not with people. We come full circle back to this. And it says here that you, dear children, you are from God. Understand this. And you have overcome them. Who's the them? If you read verse 1, 2, and 3, which I did, it is the Spirit of the false prophets and the spirit of the antichrist it is from the 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 spirit of this age that's not seen truth as it is the spirit of the false prophets and the antichrist it says you need to understand you're not of that you are of god because the one who is in you not is coming to you not that you need to further receive but the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world And this is what Greg was saying. The anxiety, we need a greater revelation that he is in us. Because Father told me to just release over you God's peace and God's rest that is in you. That was his phrase. Some of you are wanting God to give you peace and rest. And God says, I don't want to. I want to manifest peace, capital P. Rest, capital rest, who is in you. Does that make sense? Because here's the prayer that I'm going to just invite you to open your hearts, maybe your hands right now in this moment. And this is what Father said. And this is the prayer. And I I might pray and maybe you want to pray it after me. But let me tell you what it is first. It's Father, I give you my anxieties, fears, worries, and burdens. So we need to give something to him. I give you that. It says, you can cast your cares upon him. What is that? You give it to him, but you don't give it to take it back. That's our problem. We give it, we take it back. We give it, we take. He goes, give me your anxieties, fears, worries, and burdens. And now I want you to take something from me. I want you to receive something. I want you to receive a manifestation of the Prince of Peace who lives in me. So this is the invitation of the Father. To every person in this room right now You don't have to receive it But if you want to I want you to reach out right now It is this Father I give you my anxieties, fears, worries and burdens And I receive a manifestation What is that? That is the evidence of what is already there I'm not asking you to come right now I'm not asking you to give me something external I'm just asking you to manifest the Prince of Peace the rest of God who actually lives in me. So if that's you in this place today right now, I wonder if you would pray after me what I've just read to you a couple times. Why? Because there is life and death in the power of your tongue. Sometimes we wants other people to pronounce over us And I'm doing that. I'm coming into agreement with you. But I really believe the Spirit of God wants a fresh awakening that the life and death is in your tongue, not in someone else's tongue. Some of you are waiting for someone else to speak a word of release. And you need to speak the word of release to yourself. Because the reality is you talk about the anxiety. You talk about the fear. You talk about the worry. You talk about the burdens a lot. But sometimes we don't release the life, the antidote, the actually the thing that will set you free. We talk about, the, we perpetuate, but we don't actually step into the freedom. So if you need to receive it, I wonder if you reach out to God. You can sit where you are. You can stand where you are. You can lift your hands or whatever you want to do. But it comes to those who lean in. And what's going to happen right now is not God's going to come, He's just going to manifest. He's actually going to reveal what's there. So if that's you, I can't do it for you. I'm going to do it with you, but I can't do it for you. So if it's you right now in this place, reach out. And I want you to pray out of your mouth, out loud. I want you to pray this. Father, I give you my anxieties, my fears, worries, and burdens. I give it to you. I place it in your hands, and I receive a manifestation of the Prince of Peace, who lives in me. I just receive, Father, right now, I release that spirit that is in people, right now, right now, right now. The spirit of rest, the spirit of peace right now manifest right now father as these sons and daughters have given to you that which has been a burden weighing them down lord according to your word you can cast your anxieties upon him because he cares for you lord let there be a peace that goes beyond understanding right now father some people that literally just said these words in your mind, the Holy Spirit just showed me, that you literally just in that moment said, yeah, but I can't really receive that until this gets sorted out. And the Spirit of the Lord would say to you, that's actually not theologically correct. It's not the truth. If you need it to be sorted out before you can... Experience The Prince of Peace Then you're saying The thing that you need To get sorted out Is greater than The Prince of Peace Some of you right now As you say that You say But I don't want to be False I don't want to be fake This still exists Well the word says Let the weak say I am strong Not I will be Let the rich say I uh, Let the poor say I am rich It's a present Confession Of a present reality, but it is not presently felt. So, Father, we receive right now the manifestation of the Prince of Peace. Reveal yourself. Reveal yourself. Reveal yourself. Thank you, Father. It is well with my soul. Because of the Spirit of the living God, the Prince of Peace. Thank you for your rest. Thank you that you're not frantic, you're not rushed, you're not hurried, you're not running out of time. And nor are you men and women of God. You're not running out of time. Time is a gift that God created and gave. The Creator doesn't run out of what He created. And time is a created thing. We live in it from a place, many times, of present restrictions. But we need to understand the eternal God who lives outside of time lives in us. So He's not bound by what you think is a restriction. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your love for people, your heart for people, your goodness for people. Thank you that whatever we have thought about you It's a delightful, wonderful (laughs) looking through a glass dimly. But, Father, we thank you there's always more of revelation. I, I really want to encourage you in this moment that there is always more revelation of God who lives in you, but there's not more of God that you need to live in you. Did I just say something that made sense? You can't get more than all. And he's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And he lives in me. That's lovely. So God, just reveal what I've got. Reveal what I've got. Reveal what I've got. And I pray he does that over your life today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Well, it's a joy to be back with you guys again. I think possibly about my seventh time or something like that. Um, hope you're not sick of me. I'm not sick of you. I love you guys. God loves you guys. It's good to be with you guys. You're, you're awesome. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're awesome. Now turn to the other person next to you and say, I'm awesome. Come on. Come on. Praise God. <laughs> All right, I said, say, I'm awesome. I didn't say, tell me your life story. <laughs> Give you an inch, take a mile. Fantastic. Hey, I want to talk about uh, rest, revelation, and reflection. Rest, revelation, and reflection, and I pray that the Spirit of God reveals this to you because I'm talking about revelation, so I hope you get revelation. Don't allow your mind, which is given as a gift from God to love him, to be the very thing that stops you from loving him and stops you from receiving revelation. Did you hear what I said? Because it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. That is the first and greatest command. So therefore, he is saying your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The the areas that we often struggle are actually gifts given to us from God for the purpose of loving him. And yet they're the very things that often keep us from loving him because they get in the way. So maybe it's time for some of us to tell, even as David said, why so downcast? Oh, my soul. Come on, I'm telling you, you put your hope in God. He was speaking to his soul. So maybe some of us need to tell our minds, you will no longer get in the way of me receiving revelation and me encountering God and me encountering truth. You will no longer dictate unless you understand you cannot believe. Some of you need to speak to your mind and tell your mind to get into line with God. Some of you need to speak to your soul and tell your soul, come on, stop being downcast. Stop being anxious. Stop being worried. I can't do that. No, the reality is we don't do that. There's a difference between I don't and I can't. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength, but I can't do it because I don't feel it. Then it's not through Christ because he doesn't live bound by these feelings. This is not what I was going to say, but this is what's flowing. So I'm flowing here. Come on, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I don't have the strength right now to praise Him. I've been given the strength to praise Him. I can be on my deathbed and I can be still praising Him. I can be fully alive, fully able, fully strong and not praise Him. So I'm going to use my strength to praise Him. I'm going to use my lack of strength to praise Him. I'm going to use my busy mind to praise Him. And I'm going to use my settled mind to praise Him. You will come into alignment with the Word of God, mind, soul, spirit. (sighs) <sighs> yeah give me like a so rest revelation and reflection uh, my life motto um, over the last probably 10 years that God's been taking me on a deeper journey uh, is something that I wrote down I, is something that I it's on all my social media, something that I was in the book that I'm writing, it's the tagline, it was knowing God better, revealing God more. It's like, God, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to know you better, and I want to re- reveal you more. How, do, how Does that sound like a good idea, to know God better? Anyone? I want to know God better, I want to reveal God more. But God's just been showing me recently that it's incorrect, because he says uh, it actually should be know God better, reflect God more. Because he said this to me, and I want to just lean into this, that uh, I cannot reveal God, but I must reflect God, but it's all got to be by God. And so I want to talk about rest, revelation, and reflection, but I want to about revelation first, reflection, and then rest, because that's what God said to do. And I'm not here to impress you, I'm here to do what God said to do. Um, So revelation, revelation is what God gives to us by his Spirit. It's what God gives to us by his Spirit. And reflection is what we are to others by God's Spirit. Revelation is what God gives to us by his Spirit, reflection is what we are to others by God's Spirit. The common denominator is by God's Spirit. So if I can't reveal God, but I must reflect God, I need to understand it's all by God's Spirit. I wonder if you say, by God's Spirit. By God's Spirit. Say it again. Say it again with a bit more conviction. Come on, everything we do, we live and breathe and move in God. We are not alive outside of His say-so. It's by God's Spirit. So the word revelation... Um, is, it's all through the Bible, and we talk about revelation, we talk about it. But in the Greek, the word revelation, really, it means disclosure. And the imagery that is given in the back, if you go and have a look at the Greek, and I love to do this because it brings so much context when the Spirit breathes upon it. The word, um, uh, the Greek word there, where you've got revelation, disclosure, the imagery is this. Watch this, I want you to see this. Pulling back the veil... In order to see clearly, uh, let me say it again. Revelation is disclosure, it's pulling back the veil in order to see clearly. Not see, see clearly. You think about a bride that has the veil over her face. Uh, you can you you know there's a person there, and you can even see a bit of the shape. You can you can you can tell, and you might be able to even partially recognize that. That's all cool. But when the veil is removed, that which is there is seen clearly. That's revelation. We look through a glass dimly, but God says, "I want to remove it." Now listen. Oh God, help me here. Ooh. Father, help me. In the Old Testament, there was a physical temple. People went to the temple. They really didn't have the relationship with God that we have today. They went through a priest. They went through a process. They went to the temple. And even the priest couldn't go into the most holy place except once a year with a rope tied around the leg in case they hadn't purified themselves properly and God struck them dead. Aren't you glad you don't live then? Come on. And there was this veil between so that no one could see in because no one could see God and and still live. There was a veil. And I love it. And I heard my dad say this recently. It stirred in me is when Jesus was on the cross and he declared it is Finished about four things happened, including the earthquake and the and the, the, the dead people coming out of the grave. Talk about a glorious day, and people around there going, What the heck is going on? But the first thing that happened before all that was that the temple veil was torn from top to bottom. That which stopped man from stepping in was removed in the spirit realm through the physical manifestation once and for all. And I say, Praise God, praise God. Praise God. We can now enter boldly because of Jesus Christ. Amen? So the veil has been done. So in the Old Testament, it was there. Jesus removed it. But we live in a time and a place where God, it is already, it is established and exists in the spiritual. Now it's about it manifesting in our life. It's about us progressively coming into it. So, I want to lean into this. I'm just going to really try to get through this. Revelation is disclosure, it's pulling back the veil so that you can see clearly. And that veil is between the spiritual and the natural, it's not between this denomination and this denomination, it's not between your mind and your heart. It's not between what you say and what they say. It's between the spiritual and the natural. And then this is the third thing God said to me on this. Revelation, okay, it's pulling back the veil so you can see clearly. Isn't that what you want, church? it is a the pulling back the veil between the spiritual and the natural it was done in christ but how many people know that when you receive christ you receive him in full but then you go on a journey a process of being conformed to his image being transformed by the renewing of your mind it's the same with revelation it's actually done in the spirit and now we're stepping into it more and more and so it is a pulling back of the veil between the spiritual and the natural but this is the interesting part revelation the pulling back of the The veil can only be done from the spiritual side, and that's why God must do it. You cannot pull back the veil from the natural side. It can only be done from the spiritual side. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 and 17. If we're going deep for some of you today, then it's because we need to go deep. We're not here to tiptoe around and add a bit of Jesus to our life and I'm going to heaven and kumbaya, praise God. It's not about that. You're a new creation. Come on, you got the mind of Christ. you got the Spirit of God living in us. And it's time for us to not settle for less than God's best because we live in a time where complacency is the new normal. I want to shake that up. I want to stir it up. Jesus did not die half-heartedly on a cross for me. I don't want to live half-heartedly for him. Matthew, yeah, someone get me another bottle. Matthew sixteen, sixteen and seventeen. Very well known passage about Jesus saying, Who do people say that I am? Everyone's got a different opinion. Peter says, uh, we come to it here in verse sixteen. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, you are the Son of the Living God, and Jesus replied, You are blessed. Blessed are you. Not because you've done all these great things, but you're blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, because this was not revealed, it was not pulled back from the spiritual into the natural so you could see the spiritual reality through your natural eyes. It was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. Why? Because it can't be revealed to you by flesh and blood. It has to be from my Father in heaven. He's got to pull it back by His Spirit. In Ephesians 1, 17 to 19 Uh, scripture I love to quote Paul saying to the church in Ephesus not to the world but to the church to the faithful in Christ he says to them I keep asking I keep can I just say to you some things that you need to keep asking for God knows what I need so if he wants to do it he can do it no ask and keep on asking knock and keep on knocking seek and keep on seeking I wonder if part of that is it needs to be a constant, frequent interruption of our natural path down towards anxiety, the worry, the fear. That we need to keep on declaring, keep on declaring, keep on declaring life and death. You might say, but God, if he wants to do it, he can do it. He can just do it. I should be able to pray once and he can just do it. Okay? And I agree with you and God agree with you. But why did he tell Naaman, you need to go and dip seven times? Why did he tell the Israelites, march around the wall seven days? Come on, six days and then on the seventh day, seven times. God, you could do it the first time. Yeah, but I need to build something in you. I keep asking, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, in other words, I'm praying right now. I'm praying right now. I keep asking the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. i got to keep asking him. Why? Because I can't reveal truth to myself. And the body of Christ is full of people that are trying to determine truth and we need to, to desire truth. And you need to pray for truth. You can't determine truth. You can't. And we live in a time in the world today where truth has become subjective, which means truth is what you want it to be, which then means nothing is right or wrong to the individual that believes it's the truth. Truth cannot be based on what you think. It has to be an external measure. And the external measure is by the one who is truth. He determines what truth is because it's who he is. And I need the Spirit of God to reveal, to pull back the veil from his side because I can't do it. The truth of who he is, revelation, we need it. But we need a revelation of who we are, don't we? Come on. Because he says, I keep on asking that you give me the spirit of revelation and wisdom so I know you better. But in verse 8, it says, and I keep on praying. I pray that the eyes of my heart may be enlightened. What is that? Revelation. Pull back the veil, God, so that I may know the hope of my calling. I need to know the hope. God, I, I can say I know it, but I don't know it. Come on, church. I don't know it. And I may know the glorious riches of your inheritance in me, your holy people. Aren't you glad that it's not about you just knowing your inheritance from God? But mm, I heard someone say this recently. This, it says, you, I may know the hope of your inheritance in your people. Do you know that you are God's inheritance? Isn't that what it says? That you may know the riches of his inheritance in his holy people, and that you may know the incomparably great power for us who believe. And it goes on. But come on, if you've been in church more than five minutes, you can, you can declare the words on a page. God has given me authority over all the enemy's power. Anyone heard that? Luke 10, 19. Anyone heard James 4, 7? Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he flees from you. How many people can say that? But how many people have had the Spirit of God reveal, pull back the veil, and it's become an aha? We don't need this. We need this. We don't need just the head knowledge. We need the Spirit. This is revelation. This is revelation. It's pulling back the veil between the spiritual and the natural, and it can only be done from the spiritual side. That's why God must do it. Revelation is not about God seeing into our reality. It's about us seeing into God's reality. God, do you know what's going on? God, do you have any idea what I'm going through right now? Hello, God? Are you awake? Come on, God, you could just do something. So can you hurry up and do it? We don't need God to see our reality. He sees it. We need to see his reality. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Come on, we need your kingdom to come. From there down to here, we need to see your reality. Revelation is about God showing us his reality. And revelation is an ongoing process and journey. As it is with everything in our lives. But don't misunderstand. It's an outworking, not a reality. What I'm saying there. Is this? I am a new creation in Christ, but my outworking is I'm becoming more like Jesus in my behavior. But I am like him in my DNA. Does that make sense? We need to understand the veil has been torn. It is finished. But I'm on an ongoing process of God revealing truth. If he revealed everything about himself to you and I, in one moment, our tiny little puny brains would go pop. Come on. If you knew everything, had revelation on everything in your life coming up and all eternity, come on. I'm grateful that God gives it out in measure. And another thing is if you know all at once, you might stop seeking. So he wants to say, come on, keep on leaning in, keep on seeking. But it is an ongoing process and journey. In John chapter 16, Jesus talking, he says in verse 12, I, I, I love the statement. I love the statement. Listen to what Jesus said. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. Come on. I've got so much more. Sam, I've got so much more. Jesus says, I've got so much more, but I can't give it to you all at once. You can't handle it all at once. And he says this, but when he, the spirit of truth, Not the spirit of opinion. Not the spirit of personal persuasion. Of political correctness. The spirit of truth. Revelation is about truth. And truth is who God is and what God says. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you, lead you step by step. Come, keep in step with the Spirit. I'll lead you into all truth. It's an ongoing process. Don't beat yourself up today if you go, I don't get it. Take His hand and go on a journey and let Him lead you. Don't. Cut yourself off, disqualify yourself because you're not where you think you should be because that's an enemy saying you're not there to stop. You might as well stop. You'll never get it. Come on. Don't let the enemy win in your life. Don't let him rule. There's plenty of things I wish I should have this by now. But what are my options? Give up, shrink back, I'll never get it, or keep on leaning in, keep on pressing in. Come on, there's people in the natural world that are in sports. Man, they want to be somebody. They want to be an all black. They want to be an Olympian. They want to be whatever. And they try out and they get knocked back. Some of them just give up. They'll never get it. Other people say, oh, go again. Some people it's years. Some people it's decades in some things before it. The ones that receive it are the ones who do not shrink back and are destroyed. But we are not of those who shrink back. We will persevere. We will keep on going. I'm going to not grow weary in doing good because I will reap a harvest if I do not give up. Revelation of truth will come to those that keep on leaning in to walking with the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit of the living God. But again, he just further highlights that Jesus, in the next couple verses, he says, He, the Spirit of truth, will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me. The Spirit will glorify Jesus, because it is from Jesus that the Spirit will receive what the Spirit will make known to you, and all of that actually belongs to the Father, and what belongs to the Father belongs is mine," said Jesus. And that's why I said the Spirit will receive from me because I'm receiving from the Father, and He will make known to you. So the Father reveals to Jesus. Jesus reveals to the Spirit. Spirit reveals to us. Wonderful. So revelation. Pulling back the veil between the spiritual and the natural, and it must be done from the spiritual side, but it's those that seek and lean in, hunger, thirst, pursue. Are you those people? I pray you are. What we all want in our lives is true spiritual transformation. Anybody? Three? Great. Greg, start again. Does anyone want true spiritual transformation? If I ask you a question, it's not rhetorical, fantastic. I want to be transformed and changed into the image of God that I was created into and that my DNA actually already is, but my behavior just needs to come into alignment. My attitudes, my ways of thinking need to come into alignment. I want it. You want it. And what happens is many times we are chasing transformation when we need to be receiving revelation. We're wanting the life change, but it ca- we miss the fact that it comes from capital, our life. And true transformation, spiritual transformation, always follows revelation. Not behavior modification. It follows revelation, but then it is seen in our reflection. True spiritual transformation always follows revelation. Ah! <gasps> You were not born again, which is the start of your true spiritual transformation. You were not born again unless you had revelation that actually he is the son of God. No one started on the spiritual journey apart from revelation. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. Not of works, not of yourselves. So you come boast. No, 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 no. This came because God revealed. Jesus was revealed. Saul became Paul when Jesus revealed himself on the road to Damascus. Everything that is in our spiritual journey follows revelation. Five years into it, you still will getting revelation and you're still getting change. Come on. 10 years into it, you're still getting revelation, you're still changed. 15 years into it, come on, for some of you in this room, maybe 50, 60 years, God's still changing you, isn't he? And it always follows revelation. You read something in the Word, and it becomes alive. Jesus uh, pulls back by the Spirit of God. The Father pulls back by Jesus and the Spirit, the veil that separates the spiritual from the natural. We see it, and we can step into the fullness of it. So, revelation. Now I want to talk about reflection. And I just want this main thing to really be in your mind, that reflection always follows revelation. Say it with me. Reflection always follows revelation. God took me to the word grace because how many people know that's central? Again, three. How many people know that grace is central? It is. The gospel of grace, the gospel of grace, the grace, the grace. The reason you're saved, your part was the faith. God's part was the grace. But again, I want you to hear this. I'm going to lean into this some more tonight from another thing. But it's cool. Grace in the original language. I love this line. Again, if you go to the Greek, this is what grace is. It is the divine influence on the heart. What's that? Revelation. And it's reflection in the life including gratitude. Grace is not that. Just, it, it is the divine revelation, the divine influence. Oh my gosh, God has just revealed something to me. But the true essence of grace is not just that God does something. It is a marrying. It is this grace and faith. It is this. It is, it is this coming together with the Spirit of God. And that's why it says the divine revelation on the heart, revelation and its influence um, is reflection in the life, including gratitude. I'm going to talk about that tonight. But here's the thing that God started to speak to me: reflections don't try to be reflections. They just are. If you walk past the window and see your reflection, the reflection is not there going to, trying to mimic you. <laughs> trying to m- m- mimic me is going to be really hard for a reflection. Some people say I look like Captain Jack Sparrow when I'm preaching. It's just harsh, harsh, I say. But a reflection is not trying to... Oh, I missed it. Let's go, let's go start again. A reflection doesn't try to be a reflection. In, in in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 3, it says that the Son, the, the word Jesus Christ is the radiance of the Father's glory, the exact representation of his being. He is the reflection of God. To the point in John when Jesus and John 14, when they People are saying, please show us the Father. That's all we want. Just show us what God's like. Jesus, you're good. But what is the Father like? And he goes, don't you understand? You've seen me. You've seen him. Why? Because I am the reflection of him. I am not him. I am a reflection of him. I am in him. Come on. Because he says in John 17, I am in him. He is in me. And he is in you. And I'm in you. Come on. We're all in this together. Sounds like a song. But the revelation, even grace itself, the definition of grace includes revelation and reflection, the divine influence on the heart. That's where it's got to start. So you're not trying to be a reflection, yeah. but then it does have a reflection in the life. Right. Hmm. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen. Some of you just need to settle down. Some of you just need to fire up a little bit. 2 Corinthians 3.18. I love this. In the New King James, this is what it says. But we all, but we all. I'm glad I'm included in that. With, listen, listen, listen. What did I say revelation was? Disclosure. A pulling back of the veil so that we can see clearly. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, this sounds like revelation and reflection to me, and we all with unveiled face, look at the order, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. This is about a revelation of who he is that he alone can give to us. He's got to pull it back from the spiritual side. If we are looking at that, not all the problems of life not all the perceived lack of life not all the emotions and the feelings if we're actually beholding Him it says then you are being transformed into the same image this mirror image this reflection of Him from glory to glory but just as by the Lord's Spirit you've been trying to long to be like Jesus He says start looking at me and then you will actually reflect what you're looking at you look in a mirror the reflection mirrors what is looking in there you look to God and he will be reflected in your life but it will actually become a work of the spirit and not a work of the flesh most of us if we're not if we're just going to be transparent our thought is man if I can be if I can be better and do better that's the reflection if I can do that better then I can be closer to God It's true. I really can't be that close to God right now because of all the stuff that's going on and what I'm doing. And I wish I knew God like you. We've got it around the wrong way. You do not clean yourself up before you step into the shower. You get into the shower and the shower cleans you. And we've got a bunch of people trying to get all the dirt off ourselves before we get into a bath. Reflection follows revelation. We want the reflection to be right so we can have the intimacy. The intimacy empowers the revelation, empowers the reflection. If you think about a perfectly still lake with a clear reflection, have you seen any of those pictures or paintings or seen in real life where you have a look in the, what was that? Oh, okay. okay. If, if you if you actually see that which is above the water line, you see it perfectly mirrored. And it's like you could probably turn it upside down on which one's the, the real one. But here's the deal. If you're sitting down there and you're looking at into that water and all you see is a perfectly clear, clear reflection, you can drop just a little stone in there. And the image, the reflection is distorted. Because that's what sin does. It distorts the image of God. Now, this is the good news for all of us that have fallen short, which is everyone in this room, by the way. Sin just means to miss the mark. And it's not the mark of what your brother or sister says is good enough. It's the mark of perfection. We all miss the mark. And that's what sin does. It distorts the reflection. Here's the beautiful thing, again, from the imagery of a lake with a reflection and dropping a stone in. The clear reflection can be recovered again, but it takes a little time. If if, if you just sit there, it doesn't instantly come, but if you sit there, you know the ripples that have gone out? The ripples start going out less and less and less, and then it sort of shimmers a bit, and then it's, oh, we've reclaimed it. And here's the word of the Lord to you. Forgiveness is instant. But a regaining of the reflection can take some time. We sow, we reap. We need to understand that. Some of you might be journeying through some things that you've made some decisions and you are paying the price or suffering the consequences or reaping, and you thinking you still are distant to God. No, you're as close to God as if you'd never sinned if you've gone through the doorway of repentance. It's just taking a little bit of a time for the re- reflection to settle down. Don't misdiagnose how you're actually doing because of consequences. Does that make sense? So the clear reflection can be recovered, but it takes time, and it requires stillness, and it takes rest. Think again. If you are in the, if you've got the perfectly still uh, lake pool in the reflection, and you drop a pebble in. Let me tell you how you don't get the reflection back, trying to pat the water down, stop, 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 stop moving, come on, you're done, you try to to contain, you, you try to do something to stop it, the way that you get it back is be still, just sit there for a moment, just let it settle down. Now I want to show you rest and I'm only a few minutes and then I'm done. And if you believe that you're doing good. No, that's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, if revelation, if if reflection always follows revelation, revelation is released by rest. Rest releases revelation and it empowers reflection and it restores reflection. Let me say it again. Rest releases revelation. And rest empowers reflection, and rest restores reflection. Think about the lake. You just wait for a moment, and that reflection will start to come back. You try to get it back, it won't come back. I want to give you two final passages of Scripture that are so common, but by the Spirit of God, even leaning into it this week for you guys, he showed me that, again, rest, revelation, and reflection are in all these very well-known passages, but I've never seen it. Here's the first one. It's so often quoted. I've quoted it many times. I love it. It's Psalm 46.10. It says, be still and know that I am God. Who's heard that? Most of us know that part. We don't even know the second part. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Come on, we want be still and know that I am God. But we miss the whole package. Look at it. Look at it. Be still. Rest. Do you know in the Hebrew, the word be still, the phrase be still means this, stop, be quiet, and to let drop. You have to be willing for some things to drop. You know how sometimes you say, I can't rest, I can't, because if I do that, this is going to fall through the cracks, or so that's not going to get done, or that's going to drop to the ground. God says, if you want to have true rest, you have to be willing for some things that are less important to fall through the cracks and drop. Some of you say, I'll rest when I get through my to-do list. God says, you need some of your to-do list. You have to be willing for it to drop. But I just need to work a bit longer to build up a bit more money. You have to be willing. Hang on, let me ask you a question. Who's your provider, your employer, your paycheck, or your provider? Be still. Stop. Cease. Hush. Rest. Just settle. And know that I am God. Revelation. From a place of rest, if you be still, God says, I'm gonna pull back the veil, and you'll know me as God. Come on. Tie that into Matthew eleven, twenty eight to thirty, when Jesus said, Come to me, if you're weary burden, I will give you rest. Rest is not something that we just do, it's not just the ceasing of work, it's the stepping into God. And it's from God. I will give you rest for your souls. But he says this. He talks about being yoked to God. And he says this. Come on. Learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart. The rest is connected to the revelation of who I am. So here we have be still, rest, and know that I am God. Let me show myself to you. Sit in my word. Not just for 5 minutes or 10 minutes or read through your Bible reading plan so quickly so that you can run out the door to work and forget God and come back and see Him the same time tomorrow morning. That's not what it's about. It's about be still, sit in it, and don't get through the Word, but allow the Word to get into you and say, God, just I want to just sit here and rest. Just, Just pull back the veil. Show me what you want me to see. Be still, rest, and know that I am God. Revelation. And now the reflection. When you have a posture of stillness, of rest, and God starts to reveal himself to you, that you'll know that he is God, he goes, now, now, come on, now, let me tell you what the reflection of your life will be. I will be exalted among the nations through your life, and I will be exalted in the earth. See, Jesus is already King of kings and Lord of lords. He is already seated at the right hand of the Father. He doesn't need any elevating. He doesn't need any exalting as far as who he is but on this earth he does because jesus said i brought the image of god back to this earth it was in me i was the reflection i got to go back to the father i need his reflection to stay on this earth and it's now through you john 17 but it doesn't happen by you trying to be a reflection it doesn't happen by you focusing in the flesh to change the flesh it actually comes from you rest receive revelation." And then I'll be exalted in the nations through the reflection. Isn't that nice? I'll be exalted in the earth. Your life will reflect me. Last passage. Probably one of the most read passages in a lot of settings. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. You're my shepherd. I'm seeing you as my shepherd. Wow. I lack nothing. There's no lack in who you are. He makes me lie down in green pastures. We have people in the world and in the church that say, God's all about making you do things. Look at what he makes you do. Lie down in green pastures. <laughs> God's demands are always delightful. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Come to me if you're weary, about Burdened, give that burden to me, cast you care upon me. You will, have a, you will have a burden because we've all got things in life, but my burden is easy, my yoke is light. Come on, it's, it's, it's better for you. Nice. And then the next three lines, again, which we know so well, are rest, revelation, and reflection. He leads me because, beside still waters. Just rest in him. He refreshes my soul. How? Learn of me. You'll see who, what I'm like. You'll get a revelation of who I am. That will bring rest to your soul. So leave me beside still waters is rest. Restores my soul is a revelation of him. Rest in him, revelation of him. And then the last thing is he, got, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me in the right way. I start to live my life starts to reflect the one I'm getting revelation of because I've stepped into a realm of rest. Rest, revelation and reflection. Rest is from God and it's in God. Revelation is from God and it's of God. Reflection is by God in us for the people around about. As I pray, here's Father's encouragement to many of you in this room. Stop trying to change your life. Get your Bible, get some worship, sit down and take some time to sit with Father, not to get through some chapters, but say, Father, where do you want me to go? And the first thing that enters your mind as far as the scripture, go there. And then just slowly start to read and say, Father, what do you want me to see here? And have your spirit open. And you might have to... Cast your cares upon him before you go there. You might have to tell my mind right now, you're not going to be busy on everything else right now. Mind, you're going to love the Lord your God. You're going to sit. Father, I receive revelation. And sit and allow him to speak. And then go from that place, thinking about what the Spirit just revealed. Carry that into your work. Carry that into your relationships. Carry that into your health issues. Carry that into your emotional mental state. Carry that. Throw off those things that hinder, the sin, the weights. They're so easy. Come on, entangle us. Just put it aside. Put it aside. And that's, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Father, I thank you for my friends, my brothers, my sisters. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've been sent from God to live in us and to lead us into all truth, the knowledge of who God is. Father, in this room, even what has been shared can be received just in the mind. It can be rejected by the mind. It can be felt. It can be feeling nothing at all right now. But, Father, I pray, Spirit of God, to those that are hungry. No, actually, Father, I pray for those that aren't hungry, that you'll give them a hunger. Father, that you'll just right now go beyond even where they're at and meet them where they're at. And give them the desire to even want to desire. For those that do desire, Father, I pray these will be days of increased rest and revelation that result in reflection. For many of us in this room, Father, we repent of focusing on the reflection and the transformation and say, Lord, we want to come back to rest and revelation, knowing that it's only that you that can do it, but you do it when the posture of our heart is that leaning in, that asking, knocking, that seeking, that hungering, that thirsting. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in these people, in this part of your church, your body, your bride. Thank you for the rock. Thank you, Father, for the ones who said we want to walk together towards God. And I pray that these will be days of greater manifestation of who already lives in these, your children. Your friends. I pray there'll be a shift in many people's lives right now, right now in this moment, that there'll be a shift from seeking after to receive and a shift to acknowledging that He lives in me and I have what I need. Father, I bless these people in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.